Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier of Bleacher Report. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And once again, I'm joined by Landon McCool. You can follow him at McCoolBTB. You can also listen to him on his show, the How About Them podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? It's game day week. Game day week. Good. Game I mean, I, I, it, it's, it's, it's been so long. It's been too long, and we're finally here. And, and frankly, just with all this other Zeke stuff behind us, this, it, this has been really the first day that I've been like able to fully focus on the fact that we're playing the Giants on, on Sunday, and it's, it's just it's too right. exciting. So let's jump right into it. We're going to talk about the Cowboys matchup against the Giants this week, and let's go ahead and start with the injury report. Uh, for the Cowboys, they're pretty healthy. Everybody practiced except for Anthony Hitchens. Uh, Jordan Lewis was limited. I don't expect that we'll probably see him on the game on Sunday, but he is getting closer. Uh, as for the Giants, the big one is Odell Beckham. He did not practice on Wednesday. Uh, he did warm up with the team. Uh, he did a little bit of work on the side, but he was officially listed as uh, did not practice on Wednesday. So let's go ahead and start there. Uh, first and foremost, do you think Beckham is going to play in this game? And if he doesn't, how much is that going to impact the Giants' offense? I think, I think there is a ninety-nine point nine percent chance that he plays in this game. I, I really don't think there's any chance he doesn't play in this game. Honestly, um, yes. but at the same time, I have equal confidence that no no matter what if he does play he won't be close to 100%. Um I you know I tend to think that they've been very uh uh you know kind of evasive on exactly what his the, the nature of his in, ankle injury is. Um he won't say if it's high ankle or low ankle. No no no. That's no. what it looked like though, right? Yeah, That's I mean the me- like to the me. mechanism to me looks exactly like a high ankle sprain to me. So, and and I, I, you know whatever I'm not a doctor, but I've seen enough doctors point out a, a mechanism for a high ankle sprain to to think that that looked like it. So I don't know. I I, I tend to think that no matter what, he probably isn't going to be a hundred percent. But I mean, I think that no matter what, at the same time, you have to prepare for him to be one hundred percent because uh, it, it, this is the one guy. This is one of maybe four to five guys in the entire league who is really truly a threat to every single time he touches the ball to score a touchdown. Uh, so you have to be wary of that and, and, and respect that, even if you don't think he necessarily is going to be at the top of his physical game. Right, he's a game wrecker. And the Cowboys have kind of had mixed results against Odell Beckham. They've had games where they've held him in check. Um, and then they've had other games where he's just killed them. I think it was the second game last year. I think he caught a slant for like 75 yards and scored. So I'm a little nervous about how the Cowboys are going to handle him. But if he's not 100%, 
I think they'll be okay. I'm actually a little bit um, more nervous about Brandon Marshall because that's the type of player that they have not played well against the last few years because a guy that can just kind of body their cornerbacks and they've got some smaller cornerbacks in Orlando Skandrick and Anthony Brown. Uh, I, I'm just kind of curious to see what Rod Marinelli's plan is with Brandon Marshall. Are they going to switch sides? Are they going to keep their corners on the same side? That's a guy that I'm going to be curious to uh, watch. But today we're going to preview five different matchups that we've kind of picked out before the show. Um, and we'll give you reasons why we're, we're looking forward to seeing these matchups. Some of these are going to be uh, big difference makers in the game, and some of these are just for us football nerds. And the first one is a great one. If you love watching the trenches, Zach Martin versus Damon Harrison is going to be a fantastic matchup. Two of the best interior players in the entire league. Uh, Harrison did a fantastic job on Martin last year. I'm interested in watching that matchup. What do you got on those two guys? Yeah, I mean, this is, I mean, for real, real, like, football fans who study intently, I mean, this is as good a matchup as you're going to get in the entire NFL. I mean, these are two of the very best in the, in the league at what they do um, and going against each other. And, 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 you know, I think it's it's interesting because I wouldn't even say it's, like, a one-on-one matchup, but it's an interesting collection of the, you know, I would say that the matchup is probably closer to Dalvin, Dalvin Tomlinson and uh, Harrison versus Green, Frederick, and and uh, Zach Martin, because I think, you know, really how they all line up, it's going to be those two versus those three, basically the whole game. Um, and and I, can I really can I say one name real quick. Jay Bromley is another defensive tackle yeah, that's going to yeah. play a bunch they have of snaps. Great, they got great depth, honestly, at, at their on their defensive line, and 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 they can rotate guys in. And and yeah, Bromley is another guy who can give uh, people trouble. I mean, obviously he's not on the level of a of a Harrison, and we don't really know what Tomlinson is yet. But I, I this just watching the interior defensive line the Giants go against the offensive interior is going to be worth the price of admission. You know, it, I think it was disheartening at points last year to watch them struggle against that massive defensive line, and and really, the problem that the defense presents you is that it's 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 you know you, you solve one problem and you just have a whole other set of problems at a different part of the defense, and so, but I I think that yeah, people want to talk about Harrison, I mean talk about JPP or. Olivia Vernon, to me, without a doubt, without question, the the most valuable piece that they added to their team, and, and I'm including Landon Collins here, as good as I think he is at safety, is is Snacks Harrison. I mean, the guy mm-hmm. completely just dis- he's he's probably the best run defender in the entire NFL. Now, I am a little curious to see how they operate their defense without Jonathan Hankins. He moved on. I was going to add that. Yeah. That's yeah, a good point. He moved on to Indianapolis in the in free agency. Uh, Hankins is a good player, and I think there's going to be a significant drop off to Tomlinson and Bromley. I, I think in time Tomlinson's going to be a good player. He was a, a nice player at Alabama, but I think right away you might be able to see the Cowboys have a little bit of an advantage right there. Let's stick with that same offensive line. Just move down to the right a little bit with Lyle Collins. Going up against Jason Pierre-Paul, and actually, he's going to see both Pierre-Paul and Olivier Vernon. Uh, this is Collins' first test. He he doesn't get a nice, easy matchup to start the season. Uh, I'm a little concerned about penalties. We talked about that on the show. His hand placement, his punch. A um, little worried about that, 
but what are you looking forward to for Collins? What are kind of your expectations for this game for Lyle Collins and his first start at right tackle? Well, I mean, I think at the very least, what you want is is for him to look like he belongs. I mean, I, I you know, I think everybody understands the the nature of what he's up against. You know, I, I mean, I think this is, I if you're a Cowboys fan, you've got to be concerned about this uh, matchup. I mean, because yeah, but not in a, not in a we, concern like that we're worried about Lyle Collins, but we're no, just no, no, worried no, no, that no. he's not it's, ready it's, it's, yet. But see, this is this is what it is, and again, this kind of goes back to you know, I've been roasted about this over and over and over again, but. What this is about is it's a timing situation. Yes. I, it, I'm not comfortable with where Lyle Collins is currently in his development going against JPP or Olivia Vernon, for that matter, uh, uh, for a whole game. I, I, and, and that's because I haven't seen him do it yet. You know, and, and frankly, I don't know how they aren't just a little bit nervous about it, too. I mean, not to the point of like, oh, we've got to do something about this, but it's, it's an unknown, you know, and so I, I think that. You know, there's a very real possibility he goes out there and kicks his butt all day long. Like, I mean, that mm-hmm. that could happen. I I would that wouldn't shock me if 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 he got out there and was just you know they were they ran the ball down New York's throat somehow and and Collins was a huge part of that, and then he was able to kind of roll that confidence into uh, you know the the some passing snaps. That wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, the question is, is that you know how. Really, what it, it comes down to for, for me is like, at what point are we going to be able to trust? Or are we not going to have to give Lale Collins some assistance with some of these guys? You know, like maybe you know whether it's a chip from the back or uh, you know a tight end that's over there. I mean, when can we start? The question is, is like, when can Lale Collins be trusted trusted enough that we can do some more of the five man protections as opposed to like seven or eight man protections? So, I think that I think that you know, it's not a whether Collins is good enough to do this. I just don't know where he, how far along he is in his development, and I have concerns that the nature of what his devel- of what his issues are. Uh, are the kind of things that can cause penalties, and 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 penalties are where I'm concerned. Now, it's not so much like right. is his technique is going to be bad and he may lose reps because I think that other people can compensate for that sort of thing. What I can't, you know, what I can't protect you from, what I can't get my running back to help you with, or my tight end to help you with, is you getting hands to the face penalties or you getting, you know, holding penalties because you 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 missed your punch and it got a little too outside against a guy like JPP who is really good about making his big big body very small. So I think I think those are where you watch out is is he starting to pile up uh penalties? Is it starting to get away from him? That's what we're trying to avoid and hopefully you know, it, it will be one of those situations where maybe he gets maybe a penalty or two in the game, but but plays a solid game overall. That that would be acceptable to me. Yeah. So my thing with this Collins and JPP matchup is that I'm not expecting Collins to be perfect. Uh, I've seen. I mean, this happened last year. Jason Pierre-Paul destroyed Doug Free, and in fact, he's given Tyron Smith fits in the past. So. I'm fully being prepared to have Collins come out in this game and probably give up a sack and maybe have a penalty. And that's fine. He, it's going to take him some time to grow. And I understand your point that uh, Jason Pierre-Paul might present some interesting matchups for or problems for Collins. I I just think it's patience. Thing. I, I will be fine as long as Collins isn't the problem on offense and they can't cover him up a little bit or – 
I think they'll be okay. It might be ugly, but I think they'll be okay. Um, let's move to a little further outside. Let's talk about the receiver a little bit. Des Bryant going up against Janoris Jenkins. Des struggled last year against Janoris. It, it wasn't good. I think he ended up with a total of like 20 yards against Janoris in the two games. Two catches, um, it, two catches on 14 targets for 18 total yards for both games total. Yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit because I actually this week went back and watched it because I was just kind of curious as to how the Cowboys are going to do uh, against the Giants. And I came away from that game, or both those games, not as concerned as I initially was No, um, watching it. Because in the first game, if you remember correctly, Des caught a ball in the end zone that he probably, I mean, nine times out of ten, he makes that play. He caught it, just wasn't able to control the ball as he went to the ground. Should have been a touchdown. In the first game, Prescott's accuracy was all over the place. He had a couple YOLO balls that he just kind of threw. One up in the middle of the field that Dez actually kind of knocked away from Dominique rogers Camardi. One that was just way out of bounds. I wasn't that worried about him. I, I think I think with a full offseason, Dez is going to learn how to... Uh, best come at Janoris. Janoris was kind of talking smack last year during the Super Bowl about how he knew every single route that Dez ran. I suspect that the Cowboys are try- going to try to get the ball to Dez uh, early in the game, and I think they're going to try to get to him quickly in the sense that they're going to try to get him the ball on screens and slants because Janoris is not a great tackler. So if he can try to force Janoris to tackle him, he might uh, back off a little bit. I'm not that concerned. I think that Linehan's going to move Des around to try to get him in the slot, try to create some better uh, matchups. I'll be curious to see if they try to get him on Eli Apple. He's been kind of dealing with an ankle injury. But overall, I'm not too concerned about Des. Give me your thoughts on him really quickly. Yeah, I think this is the, the, one of the matchups where the um, Cowboys got their butts whooped uh, last year that I think has the most opportunity for turnaround because uh, I think a lot of what happened with Dez overall had very little to do with how he was covered um, and, and had a lot more to do with the, the, the timing uh, and the, the, the situation of with between him and Dak. Um, I, I, you know, I think, and then I think what happened in that second game is that if you remember the context of that, that was really right around the time when people, like everyone was really like pushing for Dez to get more targets. In fact, I, mm-hmm. I, I, if I, I really think that they gave Dez too many targets in that game. And, and that was the one particular, if I remember correctly, and I may be wrong about this, but I, I'm pretty sure that that was the game uh, one of the games, and I think it was the first game, he had five targets in one catch, and then the other game he had nine targets in one catch. So, and I'm pretty sure it was that second game. It was the second uh, game. Yep. Yeah. So I, I I think that you know really what was happening there is that the kind of looks that they were giving Des uh, were not necessarily high percentage plays. They clearly uh, knew that they tried to do their best to control uh, Zeke, though though Zeke got 100 yards that game. Um, and, but they they basically were giving Dak low percentage throws down the field to Dez, and they were allowing him to to try to tip those, and and, it, and they weren't working out. I tend to think that where th- this team has made its, or at least where Dak has made his most improvement with Dez, 
is in getting the ball to him on the move, getting the ball to him in the middle of the field, digs, slants, you know, uh, bang eights, those kind of routes. I think you're going to see more success on in-breaking routes than you have previously. Uh, and I think that that is, is where Dez is going to start really making his living because I think that if you can get Dez behind that second level, between the second and third level on the move, he's, he's going to be a real problem for these guys because that, there's going to be big holes there just based on the way they play their defense. Yeah, one quick guy I want to touch on real really quickly is Cole Beasley. Um, he had 19 targets in the two games combined last year, only ended up with 100 yards, dropped the one ball that would have been a touchdown in the first game. Uh, the Cowboys did a pretty good job at having him avoid Dominic rodgers Cromarty. He's got to be better uh, in this game. He had two drops that were just killer. I'm looking for him to have a big game. I think it was also the second game last year. That was the game he hurt his hamstring in. So I'm yeah. just not sure. I'm not sure how much that had to do with it in the second game. But look for him to be better in the game as well. Let's pause to tell you about our friends at Sesney. Buying and selling a home can be stressful. That is until you meet the Sesney Premier Realty Group. The professional and experienced real estate agents of the Sesney Premier Realty Group provide service that is second to none. Focused on building personal relationships with their clients. Sesney Premier Realty Group Realtors seek to understand their clients' needs and wants to ensure those needs and wants are met every time and will strive to provide a hassle-free buying and selling experience as they assist their clients with all their real estate needs. No matter the situation, they're here to help. If you or someone you know is buying, selling, or relocating, if you are struggling with the possibility of a short sale or foreclosure, the Sesney Premier Realty Group knows that you deserve the best and will make sure that you get the best. If you currently need or think you will have real estate needs in the future, contact the Sesney Premier Realty Group directly at 469-672-6987. You can also visit their website at www.yourdfwhomesolution.com. So let's go ahead and flip to the other side of the ball and some matchups that we're going to be looking at when the Cowboys are on defense and the Giants are on offense. Let's start up front because we love talking about the, the trenches. Let's start with Malik Collins versus the interior of the Giants offensive line. We were kind of chatting about this pre, uh, pre-show, but tell me why you think this is a bigger matchup than, let's say, Demarcus Lawrence against Eric Flowers outside. Well, well I think mostly because New York is going to make it about that. I mean, I, I think, look, we all know how terrible their tackles are. I mean, Eric Flowers is an abomination to the sport. It frankly is a slap in the face of the, of the NFL football that he's a starting tackle. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I don't but, mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, th- that's the problem is that we don't even get the we don't get the opportunity to expose him because uh, they have basically manipulated their entire offense to avoid Eric Flowers being uh, a part of their offense. So they, what that they must do is be awful. I mean, it's just a bunch of three step three step drops, some some short passing. Like you know, look, they're getting the ball out quick. Uh, that's that's all that's that's all this offense is about. And so if, if you're gonna do that, and and if you look at the stats, like Eli Manning, just he's he's a lot like his brother, where he's not athletic or any of that, but he ne- he just doesn't get sacked very often. And, and, and that a lot of that's savvy and a lot of that's understanding how to move in a pocket and all that. But where he does differ from his brother quite a bit is that if you get it, if you get your hands on him, if you punch him in the mouth a couple times, like mm-hmm. he he'll throw the ball up, like whether it's to you or to 
someone holding the sticks on the sideline or someone drinking a soda in the stands, he will throw the ball wherever, like just to get rid of the ball if he feel if he starts, you know, seeing the ghost. So to me, I think the most important thing is getting quick pressure in his face. That's also, I think, the only chance you're going to get really to consistently sack him. Now, I mean, I think the other side of that is he will take deep passes every once in a while. And when he does those rare feats, you have to make him pay. Like, you have to beat Flowers then and get the sack. Or you have to beat Flowers and get a hit on Eli. You can't allow him to just sit back there and do the quick quick passing uninterrupted, undisturbed the whole game because – you know, he showed in the first game he can be very efficient. And if you don't get sevens and and you get field goals because you can't get into the end zone versus this Giants defense, he won't have the same problem if if he's on his game. So you got to make his life uncomfortable. And I think the best way, the most you know efficient way, the way that the Cowboys are going to have the mo- the most volume of success, I think, is inside and, and in his face. And I think that means Malik Collins. So why don't we see more blitzing from Rod Marinelli, specifically in the A-gaps, to try to disrupt that pressure or disrupt Eli Manning in the pocket? I think we will. I mean, I think we have – we started to a little bit last year uh, with the the Deacon defense, that you know, kind of three-man defensive line where they pepper the A-gaps and then a man will either peel off and the one will cover or both will cover or both will blitz. Uh, and I think, that, I think that there's a very good chance we're going to see more of that because I think it puts it puts really – difficult uh it, it it makes the whole process of identifying who's coming more difficult it makes the whole process for the center and guards to uh sort out who they're blocking more difficult and i think that it's just one more thing that eli's got to think about pre and post snap as he's dropping back to pass all right last but not least let's touch on byron jones versus evan ingram the giants first round pick at tight end these two guys were made for each other. These are hybrid type of players that are extremely athletic. Uh, Ingram is a fantastic weapon in the middle of the field. He doesn't have the size of your typical tight end, but he's got the ability to make a bunch of plays after the catch. Uh, I'm curious to see if Dallas allows Byron Jones to follow Ingram all over the field. What are you expecting from this matchup? Uh, you would think that the Cowboys would have an advantage here, as this is first, as this is Ingram's first game in the NFL. But what are you kind of expecting in this matchup? Well, I mean, I think that Ingram is definitely part of me wonders that if if Ingram's early role in this offense is going to be just a very expensive decoy. I mean, just mm. just to kind of manipulate. Uh, middle of the field defenders in a way that will allow them to better get Odell Beckham and Brandon Marshall uh, into position to catch the ball. Um, but I think that the Cowboys, you know, like don't, if you have a guy that you feel comfortable just putting on that kind of guy, it kind of mitigates that ability of them to manipulate your defenders to a certain degree, right? Because mm-hmm. you have a guy, you have your one guy on there. You're not having to like bracket him or, uh, you know, like you know, put a safe, a high low situation or something like that. Like you're just, you just got a guy who's going to cover him. Um, I, I think that uh, overall, that that would work. That I think I think that would work. I, mean, I think it's, a, I think that the, the idea of them having Evan Ingram as a means to help loosen up other players in the offense, I think that is a good idea. 
I just don't know that it necessarily is as effective. There are a lot of things that are going to be effective against the Cowboys defense, but I, I do think that one place where we really are good is is Byron Jones and what his abilities are, and and I think that he can handle covering a tight end like this, uh, you know, on his own in, in a way that we won't have to like, ex, you know, use other resources there that might draw coverage away from Odell Beckham or Brandon Marshall. Yeah, the Cowboys are very fortunate to have Byron Jones because of some of the tight ends in their division. They really don't have a true, you know, your traditional tight end that lines up in line. You know, they have Zach Ertz, Jordan Reed, and now Evan Ingram, these kind of guys that perform the best out of the slot. They, they've kind of lucked out that way. So really quickly as we end the show, give me your prediction on the game. Who do you think wins final score and give me a player to watch? Well, I mean, I... I I think the Cowboys win. I mean, I, I but of course it's going to be optimist. I know. Still- well, I mean, <laughs> but look, you know, even even uh, Vegas thinks the Cowboys are going to win. So um, we'll see. I, I, I think that I think that it's obviously going to be a close game. I mean, there's these have all been very close games. Um, I just as much as uh, our off our defense is maligned. I think people forget about how terrible their offense was last year, especially near the end of the season. Um, and I think that as good as uh, Brandon Marshall is, is is made out to be, that I think that the improvement in uh, on the offensive side of the ball is, is especially early, is going to be pretty minimal. And and when you when you add in the fact that you may not have a completely healthy Odell Beckham, um, I I just think that it's it's not quite as terrifying, I guess, uh, an offense to go against as, as people have made it out to be. Uh, And I also think that, that people are um, maybe sleeping on our defense a little bit. And I, and I understand that, that I understand that um, there's reason to, I understand why that, 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 that people will, but I, I think that every year we have this discussion about how bad this defense is and how, is it going to ever, you know, can we survive in spite of our terrible defense? And every year we get to the regular season and are shocked by how they play. And I think that has everything to do with the fact that those weeks after the training camp, before the before the games start, they really start working on what their actual defense is. Like, you know, the, the, the actually start tightening the zones, actually start, you know, working on passing receivers and that sort of thing. So, I, to, to answer your question, I, I think that the guy that y- you kind of have to watch is Eli Manning because I think that if the Cowboys can make him uncomfortable and can, if if Eli has a bad day, which he you know has pretty rarely at this at this point in his career, I really don't think the Giants have a good chance of winning the winning the game because they don't have another means to win the game. Otherwise, they don't have another means to score. Uh, whereas the Cowboys. I think can run the ball and pass the ball equally with the plum. Now, obviously they're going to get some better defense, but I still think that there's just more paths to victory for the Cowboys. Uh, if I mean, you know, it's just a matter of getting those, getting on those paths and staying on those paths. All right. So I'm going to go, this is going to shock you, but I'm picking the giants to win this game 24 to 20. Uh, I just think the Cowboys have too many new pieces on defense I think eventually they'll get them settled. It's just been a crazy offseason for the Cowboys. I think it's going to take them some time to kind of recoup, get ready for the year. Um, 
it's a tough opponent. I mean, it, you just never know with divisional games. Th- crazy things happen, especially early in the season. Two guys that I'm watching, I'm a special, special teams junkie. So Dwayne Harris and Ryan Switzer. I think whatever team has the better spe- special teams performance will probably win. That's it for today's show. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Hit us up with a five-star review if you so choose. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LockedOnCowboys. You can follow Landon at McCoolBTB. You can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier. We'll be back here on Monday to discuss the game. Hopefully a victory Monday for the Cowboys. We'll see you back here. Have a great weekend. Thanks for tuning in. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. The list.